Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. What was your woman's name, Louise, that blew in last night? Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. Jocelyn. I was saying yes, there was a, a bit of a... a lot of women we were talking about there. <laughs> I was saying yesterday it was a bit of a pussycat. It gave a nice blow last night mm-hmm. now, didn't it? It did, but not as bad as the one before for sure uh, anyway yeah. um, who got the brunt of it was it up the north uh, you, you, as, as usual those rebels in Donegal who don't want to be part of anything and vote against everything <laughs> that comes up every referendum every decision they think they're an independent republic up there and they just get blown out of it every time in the northwest with the uh, with the storms unfortunately it, yeah, they are and unfortunately it's just where they are Louise you know what I mean at that mm-hmm. point of the country sweeping in off the Atlantic you know just geographically they're stuck in it there it is a hardy place, Donegal. It is for sure. Um, at, look at that picture, picture that just popped in there from our good friend Rose in that boy. She says, hi, Jerry. Even though the ground was flooded, these little soldiers popped their heads up in recent days to say that spring is not too far away. Do you see the uh, do you see them? Aren't they lovely? They're just lovely. Uh, I always say the daffodils are the harbingers of spring, but the snowdrops are the first when you see them. They're lovely. They're lovely. And it's great to see them uh, appearing. And of course, with the mild weather, uh, it's uh, having its effect. I told you I cut my grass. And I mentioned that on the show. Yeah, I was going to ask because um, do you remember that man? uh, We got a text in or WhatsApp in just to say that you're going to suffer the grass going to suffer because of the frost. Not that a bit of it. Not a bit of it. It's actually growing again. <laughs> Would you believe it? We looked out this morning and I said, there you go. You see, it's it, we had the couple of hard weeks mm-hmm. that stopped it. Uh, but then with the mildness that's come even recently, you can just see it moving again upwards. So uh, I'm glad I got the old more on it in January. I'll leave it next month. Well, February's not that far away anyway at this stage. Uh, and I'll give it a good old whack then. So I will not, not too tight. Keep the blades high this time of the year. That's the message. Anyway, let's begin late lunch today with this. Shy, tell your story to me. A hairy moment for you. There's a grand if you do. I need to know on the late lunch show. Yes, I need to know. There's a thousand euro up for grabs. We're going to give it away next Wednesday. There's still time to get in if you have a hairy moment in your life. Tell me about it. Yes, it's January on late lunch. And standing by to tell me about her hairy moment is June Smith. Good afternoon, June. Hi, June. How are you? 
How are you doing? Good to hear from you today on the show. Welcome to Late Lunch. Okay, uh, let's. Uh, when when did this happen, June? It happened in January 2021. Okay, go on. Tell us your story. Um, it was just a New Year's resolution set up like everybody usually does. I decided that I'd take up this walking down to Oldbridge and doing the 5K walk down Oldbridge Walk and out down the ramparts, up Mel and around again. Yeah, good walk. Back to Oldbridge. Good walk. Mm. Early, early in the morning. It would be pretty frosty. It was icy. It was white. And myself and my daughter and my little son decided to do this. So off I was going from the start of January right down through the middle of January, unknowing what was happening inside my body. <laughs> Until one morning, I ended up going down with my son and I had parked a car in Allbridge yep. Car Park and I was walking the Tarm Academy path towards the cannon that's in Allbridge mm. and I got this gasp in my mouth as if I was after swallowing a fly or a bug or something and I started to feel a little bit nausea and uh, dizzy and I turned to my son and I said I don't think I can go any further I will have to go back to the car so I made it back to the car and I put his bike in the car and I sat in the car and I just said, I don't think I can drive and make it up to Glen in the car. Mm. But after a few minutes, I got going in the car and thankfully I got home to Tully Allen. Okay. And this was on the Friday. And I went in and I got my daughter just to rub the diaphine gel on my back. I had a little bit of upper pain. Didn't think I had cherry. And I got into bed. And by Saturday evening, I was still putting the gel on and started to notice I was a little bit out of breath coming up and down the stairs. Then the Sunday morning is when everything went chaos. I woke up at half eight in the morning, getting the breakfast ready as you do. And um, I started feeling I was going to vomit. And I ran into the kitchen and I collapsed on the two-seater leather sofa that I had in my kitchen. All my breathing went. I was coming in and out of, was I going to faint? Was I not going to faint? I had the prickles on my face. The whole lot collapsed across the sofa. And over five minutes, it started getting worse. My breathing started then getting really, really deep. So thankfully to my daughter, who was only 16 at the time, because there was only three of us in the house, she rang 999 and the ambulance crew came out to us. And this was during, during covid the place was white with ice and frost and the ambulance crew came straight away. And all my odds were all over the place when they had come in and they were doing the tests on the machines that they bring with them. And they told me, oh, we could possibly just be taking a strong panic attack. So I thought, oh, this is OK. It's only a panic attack. Can you walk out to the ambulance? And I said, yeah. So I struggled, went down, got onto the ambulance. And I was brought to Our Lady of Lords Hospital. In reaching the hospital, it was very, very quiet now at this stage during COVID. I was brought into a ward. I was COVID tested and I was COVID negative. And everything was fine. Brought into this area and put up onto oxygen through my nostrils and sent for a CT scan. Um, on returning up the corridor, what I can remember is the consultant that took the CT scan coming running 
waving the paper in the air and coming to the end of my desk out of bed and saying, you have a blood clot, you have a blood clot. And I was in complete shock at this, considering I was being told that it was a panic attack. Mm. As a blood clot, the next thing all I remember is a ring of doctors around me. And um, I said, how bad is this blood clot? And, oh, it's a big blood clot, big blood clot. So I've uh, straight away, I've just shocked, just stuck in. And I was transferred up into an ICU unit. And I was there for a few days fighting for my life with an extensive bilateral pulmonary embolism. Um, I had to fight for four days through an infusion that was sent down from Bowman to blast this extensive clot of my lungs. And I also had a smaller uh, clot on the right lung. My. (laughs) I ended up then in intensive care wondering, God, am I ever going to see my family again especially my children <laughs> sorry um, and uh, John called would you went to let her visit her so I was by myself going through this by myself convinced I'm not going to see my family again but thankfully I got out of ICU within a good few days and I was on a stroke unit and I got home Within a within a good within a week, and mm. um, I had the consultants ringing me every day, so I did make sure everything was okay, um, and I was then transferred to Beaumont Hospital um, with the vascular team in Beaumont. Um, through getting CT scans and tests done up there, um, they discovered then that I had two blood clots in both my legs. I. They then discovered that I had um, post-traumatic syndrome, which I will live with for the rest of my life on the left side of my body, meaning that I'm open to blood clot and that at any stage. Um, I also have high-risk thrombosis. Um, and it has just been, when he's put it up about the hairy January, it just struck me that, well, this is my hairy January story and I'm here to tell the tale. So I decided to enter in and tell you my story. <laughs> i tell you one thing. You're a wonder woman, June Smith, that you've come through Thank all you. of this. But do you know what I'm thinking, getting back? My God, when you were in Old Bridge with your son, what age is your son? He was five years old at the time. Oh my God, a little lad with you on his own and you in this situation. Could they tell you afterwards, had you these clots at that stage when you were in Oldbridge with him on your own? They never said that, but I'm assuming that yeah. it had travelled up from my leg and it was travelling. Yes. So I was unaware. I was doing the 5K Jerry walking um, with my son on my own, would you believe it? And I could have collapsed at any stage. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. luckily I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. And you didn't know any of this. Oh, my word. And then you, you go through the mill here locally, then up in Beaumont as well. How are you now? I still suffer a lot from the side effects of a blood clot, to be honest with you. It has had a massive impact on my life, um, especially with, like, I couldn't run too far. Walking at times can be very difficult. Pain-wise, my leg has never recovered from it. My left side is constantly in, constantly in pain, some days better than others. Um, I am still with Bowment. I have to have regular CTs done every six months. I'm currently being transferred to the matter, hopefully to get these blood clots taken out of my legs. 
Mm. So that's me at the minute. I am on medication for the rest of my life. But I'm here to tell the tale, Jerry, and that's the main thing. <laughs> oh, well, that is the main thing. And that medication is great that it's there. And so many people uh, take it and it keeps them going as well as it's doing it you. The other thing was your daughter was, what, 16? She rang the ambulance. Yes. And you mentioned that time you were lying on the chair. Did it seem like an eternity before they arrived? It felt so long. And all I can hear is my little five-year-old saying in my head, Mommy, you sound like Dark Vader. (laughs) 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 And I'll always remember that. It's funny now, but you know what I mean. Look back. Yeah, looking back, and when you when you mention as well, the weather was horrific for them to get to you, real icy and cold, yeah. and COVID, like the COVID world we were in. As you say, no visitors. You in the hospital, your children being looked after. You not knowing, you know, uh, or being able to to, to uh, have them see you or anything like that. Oh my word, such an awful, awful time uh, you went through. Yeah, but certainly right. going back to Oldbridge when that came across you and you had that little boy. That is certainly a moment, as you say, that'll stay with you forever. Thank God you were able to get in the car and recover enough to get home and that nothing happened to you. Yeah, my oh my. It's amazing, so it is. And to know that um, the blood clot story itself, I had no prior symptoms, you see, Jerry. So I I had no swollen legs or anything like that. It was just out of the blue. And it's just to take things, never second guess that, I suppose. And, you know, miracles do actually exists and they I do. think I was given one of them. Ah, lovely that's June. My, lovely. That's my January story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, thank you so much for telling us. My God, it's, there's not one uh, January moment in there. There's three or four of you listen to what you have to say over the last while. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> you are indeed. Well, listen, you're oh, in the mix. You. Thank you for telling us your story thank today, you so June. Much. God bless Thanks you. Thanks so much. Not bye at bye. all. Bye. That's June Smith in Tully Allen today. That, Louise, wasn't that what you would describe as the hairiest of hairy mm. moments. Yeah. You should have to think what might have happened with the little lad and her, you know what I mean? Five years of age, you know, and that... It, it and was she obviously drove there home. And drove home. Mm. Incredible, yeah, incredible woman. And great to see that and hear that she's doing Two, well yeah. today. Three and, years on. Yeah, and, and that she's uh, being looked after well and cared for well uh, also. Anyway, a thousand euro, it's still there. We're giving away next Wednesday. We have a jury who'll decide... Who gets the thousand euro? But if you tell your story to me on late lunch, you're in there. Have you a hairy moment for January? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get in touch with us now on the show or give us a call to the station here and we'll be back in touch with you. I'm being scolded, Louise, by Al. He says, Jocelyn is a man's name, Jerry, not a woman's name. (laughs) Oh, you see, I would have thought it was a woman's name too. Maybe it's one of these ones that can... You can have four. Points. He said, he, Al says he was at school with a Jocelyn that was a he. Well, I suppose nowadays you wouldn't know. Well, I thought Jocelyn was a, was a woman's name too. So did I. I know a Jocelyn. I know a second Jocelyn. And they're women, Al, to be honest with you. There you go. Anyway, thanks for sending us the message. Do appreciate it. You were mentioning to me, Apple, Apple, have a big day today. Apple Mac, the first Apple Mac, was it? 40 years ago. 40 years ago today, the Apple Mac was... 
uh, delivered to the world. And, and it was huge and clunky. Oh, <laughs> sure they were. Massive at the time. Look at where Apple has gone ever since. There you go. 40 mm-hmm. years ago, the first. And people have, you know, Apple Apple fans are legion across the world and they're going strong. And of course, the iPhone leads the way when it comes to uh, smartphones, uh, for sure. Um, Sorry, Jerry, just Googled. Yeah, And it's on. a unisex name. Oh, it's unisex. Mm. So, so is Jerry. Jerry can be a man or a woman, can't it? Yeah, my my daughter's second name is Jerry, G-E-R-I. There you are, but G-E-R-R-Y. Gerard mm. can't be. No, Gerard is male, Geraldine. isn't it? Geraldine, yeah. Yeah, Gerard is, is, is male for sure. Um, do you ever watch a programme? No, you don't watch any programmes, so what am I doing? I'm, yeah, I'm no, just, no, I, I don't actually. I'm, I'm, I'm have wasting, to I'm wasting that. me up, time. Up my game this year. I'm wasting me time here, even uh, uh, wasting breath on this. Anyway, but I'm going to say it to you. Did you ever hear of a programme on the BBC called Inside the Factory? No, but it sounds very interesting. It's not Coronation Street now you're talking about. No, 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 no. not that nonsense. Um, Inside the Factory is presented by a guy called Greg Wallace, who appears on... Oh, yeah, I like him. You know the chef? He yeah. appears on the great British, whatever you call it, those mm-hmm. things. Anyway, Greg Wallace presents, uh, and there's others involved, well, but he's the main presenter of Inside the Factory. Now, it could have been a repeat, and I forgive, forgive me if it was, but they were in the Guinness Factory in Dublin with the show yesterday. Oh, I how, think I read a piece about how it. Guinness like a little village. Oh, my word, Louise, if you saw mm. the way it, from start to finish, the pint of Guinness is made. It was marvellous. It really was. It's a great show. You'd love it. Now, you'd and how love to it. pour it properly and leave it to settle. And Well, he, 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 he did slaunch at the end. He, he had a pint. But mm. all the constituent parts of it and the way, you know, one links into the other and how long it takes until it uh, comes out at the other end as a pint of Guinness. It's so interesting. They went to where the hops are produced from as well and what's in the hop and how they extract that and the other, the barley, the way. Do you know why Guinness is, is black? They, they, they roast they roast the barley. You see. Oh. They roast it black. It's almost, it's black. It is black when they roast it and that gives the colour to the pint of Guinness. So yeah. it does. Oh, it was it's great. A, it's a acquired taste, isn't it? Ah, yeah. I don't like it. Do you not? No. Oh, I like a nice pint of Guinness. No. And you know how I started? I've tried, but no. Do you know how I started drinking it? <laughs> I used to put a drop of black currant yeah, into Yeah, I tried that. You know, yeah. and... And then you cut less and less and then you Ah, you don't need it. But when you when you acquire, but you can really tell that there are places that pull, uh, pull a great point of Guinness and there are others that, you know, y- y- you just know it's never fantastic in. But places have reputations for their Guinness. And I think I said it before, the idea is to have a short run to the tap. Mm-hmm. So if you have the, the keg below, below that the gravity takes it off and it's a short run in terms of pipe work to where it's filled that's the key, really, to, to a good pint of Guinness. And, right. And I suppose the chilling of it as well. Anyway, So, was, and is it true it doesn't travel well or is it just that people abroad aren't as educated to pour uh, it or just, store it? Ash, I told you when I was get, in, in London with Joe recently to watch Arsenal in the Champions League there before Christmas, we were in a place, you want to see the way they slopped up the Guinness. Joe went in behind the bar. <laughs> Because we had fellas from Iceland with us who were drinking Guinness. Yeah. He said, that's muck you're drinking there. When the girl went to fill the next ones, they went up to order. Joe went in behind the bar and did the Guinness and, and showed her how to fill a proper pint of Guinness. And the boys from Iceland, well, they thought they never tasted anything like it. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Poured by an Irish man in a proper proper way. Yeah, it was great last night inside the factory. And there was one before Christmas in Dublin as well, or in Ireland, at the Jelly Bean Factory. <gasps> I'd like that one. one. You'd love that. Yeah. I know. 
you should kind of like a Willy Wonka kind oh, of thing, was it? It was just great to see the je- jelly beans, you know, and and mm. and made here in Ireland by the Jelly Bean Company. It was terrific. It's a great show inside the factory, and it's on a run on uh, Tuesday nights on the BBC, BBC Two. If you get a chance next week, do check it out. It's absolutely fabulous. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Big birthday today, Louise, to one of our biggest fans, greatest listeners, loveliest woman, Michelle Howard. Happy birthday birthday, to you. Happy birthday, Michelle. You're always so kind to us. We love you to bits. And that comes in from all your family and friends and from us too here on The Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And I'm sure she's somewhere today getting ready with the Gigi's. You know, she's big time involved in horse racing, our Michelle. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. And you see her out pounding the pavements as well. She's a great runner. She's always out there exercising. And... uh, you know, she's just the best. She really is. Happy birthday, Michelle Howard, today. Have a good one. And this one is specially for you, from you too. And you are, Michelle. We know it. The sweetest thing. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. If you're just joining us, you're very welcome to the show this afternoon. I have to say that Jimmy Gagan is one of my favourite writers. I love reading him in the Mead Chronicle and my next guest has featured uh, with Jimmy's pen recently or his, uh, his keypad, shall I say, at this stage. Yes, she is former Mead footballer and all-star winner. Uh, she's coached successfully uh, in the recent past with Dunshockland Gales, who won their first senior title uh, just last year. And she's really breaking new ground now and making news because she's become a selector with St. Ulton's men's team. That's her club, of course. I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Geraldine Doherty. Hi, Ger. Hi, Jerry. How are you uh, Good, thanks. Do they call you Ger or Ger? It's Ger, is it? Do you like the Ger rather than Ger? I like the Ger. It's nice and short. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is indeed. Well, listen, I-, I love the feature on you and thank you for joining me again today on the show. Congratulations on your success just last season with the ladies. Tell me this. Is it a big change, you know, <laughs> you know, being involved with the women and going into the big burly men in the dressing room and, you know what I mean, getting stuck in there? Yeah, definitely. I have to say, um, I suppose Royal Gales have set me up the last few years. It was, it was a brilliant club to be involved in in Dunshockland. And I feel I feel they gave me the bit of a confidence now to go into the into a male, male dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> but no bother to you. And as well as that, St. Alton's, the only way is up. I'm not being disrespectful now, but you know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. I suppose the last few years has been tough. Mm. So we're hoping we have new management in, um, a few guys from Monaghan, uh, Martin Hughes. So it, it, look, it's looking bright. The lads are putting in a serious effort at the moment. And as you said, the only way is up. Yeah, and, and you are uh, a rare commodity because there aren't a lot of women who are selectors with uh, men's teams across the country, Jer. No, and, and that's what Jimmy Gagan was saying. You know, we were really trying to come up. I know Cora Staunton has taken up a role down in Mayo. Um, so hey, look, I'm I'm sure it's going to become more common. So yeah, it is, it is breaking into new ground. 
But no bother to you. You see, you have the CV and they got to look up to you because you've done it all. You know, with Mead for all the years you played with the senior side there, to be picked as an all-star, that must have been one hell of a time in your life. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And, and as I said in the in the piece in the Chronicle, you know, it's only when you look back and you go, you know, a lot of the girls I played with, you know, never unfortunately got them individual awards. And so it is a great testament to them as well as, as your teammates. You know, it wasn't just me on the pitch, you know, them, them girls around you definitely help you pick up them awards. So it, it is lovely to have. Despite the All-Star, and it is a rarity, and it's an honour that very few are bestowed with, is it a regret of yours that, you know, you look at what's happened in recent times with the girls there and two senior All-Irelands, intermediates, you name it, the success has been phenomenal. Is it a regret that you didn't, you know, get achieve those honours? Because you played with wonderful teams and wonderful players. Yeah, of course. And I wouldn't say as much as a regret. I mean, we're so proud of the girls in the last few years and the work they've put in and, and, and especially during COVID you know it's just what they've done for the county for boys and girls in the county it's just it's unbelievable Jerry. but I suppose Sean Ennis you know that day in Crow Park I was with a few past me players and, and in her speech she mentioned that you know it was for every girl that wore me jersey and I think you know, testament to her. That was just lovely. And I, I think we all felt a part of it too, Jerry. Mm, because it is so true. And you're right to say that everybody along the way, when ultimate success arrives for anybody at any sporting level, there are others who've laid the foundations. And you felt, I'm sure, as great that day as if you were even out there wearing the jersey. You'd made it at last. Was that the feeling you had? Definitely, and I mean that that night, that day will go down in history in Mead. And I suppose we all went to Knightsbridge that night, and you know that'll be a night we'll never forget. And and we celebrated with the girls. I think we celebrated too more than some of the Mead girls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it it is amazing. Oh yeah, like we were part of it ourselves here, and I can still remember, uh, you know, before and after those, and talking to some of them that played as well, and. It was an unbelievable time. It really, really was. Not, and not alone to do it once, but to do it twice and, and set the path for the yeah. future. Can you feel it? Can you see that one in the county? Can you see the results of that with, with young um, girls? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and in, in the club especially. And unfortunately, we didn't have anyone from the club involved with me at the time. But, oh my God, you can just see the crowds coming out of football training. And it really gave everyone such a boost. And, and all the all the kids are going around wearing the Mead jerseys, and they're all signed with the girls' names on them. And it, you know, it, it is it's amazing. And I suppose we've been lucky enough to see men and women in Mead win all Ireland. So we're not doing too bad at the moment, Sherry. No, not bad at all. I I, I I'm thinking about you taking up this role. You were approached and you accepted, but you have an awful lot going on in your life at the moment. You're a healthcare worker in the St John of God Hospital uh, in South County Dublin. That's a, 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 a strenuous job, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I'm at it so long now. I don't really feel it. You know, it don't really feel like that. Um, but I do shift work. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of do have to multitask a bit, and you're working night duties. You're doing sleepovers. Yeah. So it it is a bit of you can't see everyone at particular times, and yeah, it is it is different. But mm. I I absolutely love it, and and it's it's very rewarding as well. You know, so I do enjoy it. 
Well, you better get ready for more shift work at home shortly <laughs> because after April, with uh, this baby on the way, yourself and your partner, Leslie Buchanan, congratulations, are expecting your first child in April. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we're very excited. So uh, it will be definitely busy. But I know a lot of the guys on the Ultimate Management team have young kids too, so we're all... We'll all help each other out as much as we can. <laughs> That'll be the quid pro quo. You'll do the business on the selecting and that side of things and they'll have to come back and, and help you out with all their tips and whatever needs to be done. But like talking exactly. about your, your yourself uh, and, and your lovely partner, uh, for you, you know, and your sexuality, it was never was it, it was never an issue, was it, within the, the, the Gaelic Games family and the club and no. all? Never. Never, never. And it's such a safe place, Jerry. You know, the GAC community. Um, it really is. So everyone is so equal and it's so inclusive. And it was, I, I suppose it was my safe place. And, you know, if I was having trouble or struggling in, within myself, I'd go down to football training that night and all my worries would be gone away two hours later. You know, it, it really, it really is a good, good place to be whatever you've got going on in your life, you know, to be part of a team and, and a community. It really is. It, it, you know, the Gaelic is such a good community. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a unity and a closeness and all that that goes in the, along with those terms as well. When you're involved, you you know that for sure over the years. Um, when you came out, uh, what was it, about 12 years ago in t- heading towards your late 20s, you left it late enough. <laughs> was, there, was there a reason for that? Yeah, I suppose I just I just really struggled and I suppose it's just kind of you need to come to the acceptance yourself within yourself. And I suppose if you could ask friends now and even family members, they probably maybe knew themselves. But I suppose you have to be happy within yourself. And I, it was it was the right time for me. And, and I don't regret it either, um, Jerry. Mm. But yeah, it did take me a while to just have that self acceptance myself. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history, they say, at this stage. How How is Leslie getting on? Everything going well? Everything is going well, yeah. I suppose she, she's she been through a lot. We, You know, we've had to go through IVF, so it has been a, a tough road, but it's definitely worth it. And, yeah, no, she's doing amazing, and, and she doesn't complain. She just is keeping the head down and, and takes on every day, you know, with all its challenges, but... We're very excited about April now, so it's, we're on the countdown. Yeah, they say give a busy woman a task and she'll get it done. Select her, the <laughs> job to be done. Home, marriage, baby on the way. Good God almighty, no better woman to take it on. <laughs> Hopefully, Jerry, now you could <laughs> ring me in six months and I could be snowed under. <laughs> well, don't ring me for the advice I, I'm past at this stage. Louise might be able to help you a bit more than myself <laughs> if it comes to anything with, with, with the child and that. But look, in, in a general sense, life is good for you, all going well. Looking forward to this season with St. Aldens. Yeah, really looking forward to it now. And as you said, it's lovely to, you know, the the winter months now will hopefully pass soon enough and it's lovely to look forward to Championship football in the summer and it's exciting, it's exciting times for St. Olsen's as, as well as at home life. Just one thing I meant to uh, mention to you before we finish, you were renowned as uh, a dangerous forward. You knew where the goals and the, and the posts were for sure. And one thing I noticed when you were talking to Jimmy, you said about, you know, the... 
the style of football that's been played t- today, especially in the men's game, this blanket defence and possession and, try, you know, not kicking the ball long, all this type of stuff. You don't like that? No, I don't, Jerry. I really don't. And I, I'm, I'm only speaking, you know, from myself. But, yeah, I suppose I love watching Dublin and the carries play. And, you know, every time they get the ball, you know that they want to score. So it is frustrating to look at, isn't it, when you, you see, you know, 12 or 13 players, you know, defending around the D. Um, look, I don't know if a rule has to come in or something has to change in the future um, just to make it, you know, a bit more exciting or to, you know, yeah. um, you know, to just to bring it back to the old ways and where there, there was more high scoring. But yeah, look, we'll see, Jerry. We'll see how it goes. That was just my personal view on it. I think you reflect the view of many on it as well, that football needs something done uh, to make it more expansive again and and exciting and interesting. And I think the authorities, you're you're not wrong there, will have to look at that. Just just to contrast as well, you're you're a selector now and you have been, you know, working with the girls, with the boys now uh, on the sideline. When you are playing, you know... You know, at times on the sideline, it can get hot and heated. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Mentors and supporters and everybody. Um, In your day, were you conscious of that? You know what I mean? If somebody was getting at you or that type of thing. And what's it like being on the other side now? You know, standing on the sideline. Yeah, it is. Yeah, of course, Jerry. It's completely different. I find myself calmer now on the sideline than I was as a player. I I was very (laughs) hot-headed as anyone that came up against or played with me. So I had a very short fuse. So I think I'm definitely a bit carver on the sidelines. But I, I suppose, you know what, Jerry, that adds to the excitement. You know, if mm. we were all really nice to each other out on the football pitch, you know, and didn't have the hunger or the anger, <laughs> it would be very boring. So, you know, it does, it, you know, competition, competitiveness brings an edge to everyone. So, you know, look, the, I, I, I love to see that in games and, and yeah. club matches. And you can't beat the excitement of it. No, and you're right. If we didn't have that, just it's so true. You gotta have the energy and the uh, the rivalry on the pitch and that excitement on the sidelines, even though it boils over at times. Well, sure, that's that's human beings, isn't it, for you? And it, it's gone, and the match is over, and you move on, and the next game comes along, and away we go again. Listen, you're great to join us today. I'm delighted to catch you up, and just remind people again if you want to read more and more in depth about uh, my guest today on the show, Jared Doherty, uh, Jimmy Gagan has a wonderful article on the. Mead Chronicle website. I wish you well for the year ahead in football terms, in your work and yourself and Leslie all the best in April and beyond. Thank you so much for taking time to chat to me on the show today. Thank you, Jerry. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. That's uh, Geraldine or Ger Doherty there. Lovely, lovely woman, isn't she? And what a player she was in her day. Oh, my word. She terrorised defences up and down the country. She was a brilliant, brilliant forward. And as I said there, she knew where the goal and the posts were for the uh, the goals and the points. You were late lunch on LMFM Radio. Still to come on the show. Don't miss this story. Rachel Finnegan is joining me. She was caught up in one of those flights trying to get back to Dublin during Storm Isha. Yes, that's coming up on the show in a wee while. And after three, uh, Navin Travel. They're up for a big national award tomorrow. We're going to hear about that. My Artist of the Week and more besides. Don't go anywhere. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I just want you The Goo Goo Dolls on your late lunch with Iris this midweek Wednesday afternoon. 
Louise was telling me that that's the most played song on radio. Is that not what our production manager, Fionn, told us? I can't remember. I think he think he said that, yeah. There you go. I, I, I didn't know that. I've learned something today for sure. Somebody else onto us there to say, hadn't John Wayne a woman's name, Marion, said a listener. Yes. He was, uh, his real boy name. Boy named Sue. Yeah, but John Wayne's boy real name. name was Marion Robert Morrison. It's often a quiz question. Who is Marion Robert or who was Marion Robert Morrison? It was John Wayne. Fill your hands, you son of a bitch. Do you remember that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one of the famous lines. So it is as they rode on the horses. True Grit. You know the movie? Did you ever see the movie? True Grit. I'd say I'd say you were hilarious. Oh, Megan ran short trousers listen, with your guns blazing. And I had the your ca- I had the cab I had. Action men I being fired the, from roofs I and climbing the, trees. I and, had the holsters. I had the rifle, I had the spurs, I had everything. I had, that's the only spurs I'll ever have in my life, <laughs> being a gunner. Uh, I had everything. I had the full cowboy and the caps. I loved the caps. That You, you, you know, you, you rolled the caps. Yeah, in, you remember, remember do you remember them? Your yeah, father sold them, them in the shop. Uh, you rolled them into the gun and, and I can smell the sulphur when you'd crack them. Oh, jeez, I love them. I love being a cowboy. I am Probably be health and safety danger now if you got them. let you at the wouldn't let you but uh, <laughs> cow- cowboys and Indians yeah but the cowboys were big movies like you know mm. going to the movies that. were you never an Indian oh no no oh no oh, oh no 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 you're always a cowboy <laughs> never do that this oh, sound oh, 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 oh yeah we could do that as well we could we could Cochise Cochise the big Indian chief oh yeah those were the days those were, were the movies oh you're bringing me back now Louise you're bringing me back and of course you mentioned my action man there we had everything belonged to him as well there was always violence or war yeah there was play, wasn't there someone else thump you'd be grand <laughs> continued into the fishing and the hunting rabbits and everything violence violence everywhere (laughs) in in sport and in play you're just savage Uh, (laughs) anyway quick question come near the end of January did you make a resolution Mm, I I made a deal with Sinead here before me Sinead Brazel that I would be down on time every day before the one o'clock news to let her go because I kind of used to be late Louise is late for everything just It'll be on my epitaph, on my headstone. No, Should have died two weeks ago, but I'm always late. No, no, it'll be blank. It'll be blank for ages and then, then it'll, it'll be there. So we'll, it'll be that late. Uh, but but that's, that's your... I, I didn't make any, to be honest with you. I just didn't make any. I just... So I'm just going to be myself as usual and continue as I'm continuing. I might have an extra pint in a Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm keeping that up for sure. Do you think many people did? I'd say there's loads of people actually made resolutions and they're gone by the wayside already. It's January the 24th, so 24 days. Ah, Anybody? I'd say there's loads gone. Gone by the yeah. wayside. And there After are others, day five. Yeah, yeah. And there are others perhaps who have uh, willpower and resolve and want to that have uh, seen it through and will. But uh, it, it's difficult. And for a lot of people, you set off with the best of intentions, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't stick. But sure, look, it's... it's might be somebody out there that might tell us. 
have you a resolution that you're sticking with? Have you given up or taken up anything? Ah, they won't tell us if they give up anyway, that's for sure. They won't want to be exposed of having no willpower and not the ability to stick the course. 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. I'm not cruel, it's the truth and people don't like to hear it. You can handle the truth. There's another movie for you, A Few Good Men. Let's have a quick break. I hear they can't stop her kissing the ground in Dunlear. Afternoon, Rachel Finnegan. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. You're glad to be back on Terra Firma. Yeah, I certainly am. <laughs> good woman. Listen, take us back. You were in Copenhagen. Yeah, I was in Copenhagen for the weekend just with my husband and our three-year-old son. Right. Just for a city break. Yeah, lovely. And yeah, we were t- we were due to fly home on Sunday. The flight was at half ten in the morning. Okay. So we knew that there was a storm forecast for later on. I had looked at the weather forecast and I said that there was an orange warning to come into place at five o'clock. So we got on the flight and anyway, and there was no indication that um, there was any problem. So anyway, we were on the flight and everything was fine until we got to Dublin Airport. The plane tried to land in Dublin Airport twice and we ended up being diverted to Manchester um, because the plane was unable to land in Dublin. Now, this was Sunday. This was Sunday morning at 10.30am flight from Copenhagen to Dublin. Yeah. And it was windy on Sunday, all right, but it wasn't the worst of the storm. So in you came to Dublin uh, and it was rocky on the way in, to say the least. Was it as you approached Dublin Airport? It was bad. It was very bad. Now, I, I've been on flights before where it was windy landing, but this was the worst I'd ever experienced. Like it was, it was so scary. It was like a roller coaster. I was absolutely terrified. Like, you know, I didn't even look out the window because I was too scared. Mm. But we were descending and anyway, we were nearly at the ground when the plane started going up again. Oh and my. it was just so scary, like the noise of the engine was just so loud when the plane was trying to go back up. Yes. I'm sure pandemonium all around the place. People like it, it's a really frightening scenario when that happens. So up you went anyway, climb back into the sky. What happened from there? Then the, the pilot said, he said, as you can all tell, it's very windy. So we were unable to land. And he said, we're going to try a different approach now. Right. So anyway, obviously I was terrified still. So we went down again. To try and land. And mm. To try and land. Again, we were nearly on the ground when the plane started going up again. Now, I, it was just, it was so scary. Like, my child was screaming. He just kept screaming and screaming. I think his stomach was just jumping from the movement of the plane. Mine mm. was anyway. Mm. It was just, it was so scary. So then the plane went back up and we were there for a few minutes and my husband said to me, I don't, I think we've gone past Dublin now because it's been a while and I felt like the plane had gone further up, Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes. Then the pilot came on and he uh, he said, we're going to, we're not going to land in Dublin. We weren't able to land, so we're going to land in Manchester. So anyway, when I heard this, I was so relieved. Yeah. 
like I said to my husband, I just wouldn't be able for a third attempt. It was just too scary. Mm. So then anyway, we landed at Manchester. No problem. Was Manchester all right? Was it okay? Yeah. It was fine. It was a little bit windy, but it yeah. was absolutely fine. No, um, nothing like Dublin. Yeah, go on. No, nothing like Dublin. So anyway, we were parked there in Manchester, and as soon as we landed, I got a text from Ryanair saying, please stay on board the flight as we will be departing again shortly. For Dublin? Yeah, well, it didn't specify where actually in the text, but I said to, I said to my husband, like, where are we going to be departing to? Because... We all knew what the forecast was and that the storm was to get much worse. I just mm. couldn't understand this text message. So anyway, we were all just sitting there for a good while. And then the pilot came on and he said, the weather is still bad at Dublin. So we're going to just sit here for another while and I'll let you know as soon as I have any update. So we were sitting there for ages and then um, we heard some other people asking if they could leave at Manchester and then we got talking to the um, the crew and one lady who was working on the crew said to us you have the option of leaving this flight here in Manchester but if you decide to do that you can't take your luggage out of the hold and you're no longer the responsibility of Ryanair if you decide to get off the flight mm. um, so that was grand. Like every, people were starting to get annoyed. There wasn't really any food. We were told you couldn't buy sandwiches. Uh, people were buying chocolate bars. I bought my son a chocolate bar for lunch. Um, it was just terrible. There were people looking for painkillers. They weren't. They couldn't get painkillers. Um, I asked how long we would was the maximum amount of time we'd be left parked there, and I was told. I can't tell you, but that, you know, planes have been left sitting in airports for seven or eight hours. Oh so at that God. stage, I just said, I said, I'm get myself and my husband decided we were going to get off the flight. So the pilot came on and he said to us, anyone who wants to get off the flight, can you stand up now and we'll take your details. So we stood up and they took our details. We were standing there for an hour. Then the pilot came back on again and he said, sorry about the delay. It's just it's very chaotic at Manchester Airport because there's been so many emergency landings. So there's no ground staff to assist you to get off the flight. Mm. So anyway, then another announcement came to say that only people with British passports were allowed to get off the flight. We had already booked our hotel in Manchester at that stage. And I was ready for the mental. I, I just, there was no way I was going to stay on that flight. Um, it was just, it was, I knew that there was no way the flight was going to land in Ireland that yeah. evening. Mm. And and uh, what happened then? They did allow Irish passport holders off. Did they then subsequently? Yes, they did. It was about half an hour later then they said that people with Irish passports and British passports could get off could the flight. Go. There was somebody at the top of the plane who wanted to get off the flight who didn't have an Irish or British passport and they couldn't get off the plane. I don't know if they were allowed off after that, but anyway, we, we got off the flight then. Um, 
I was so delighted to get off that flight, mm. to be honest. How long were you on the tarmac in Manchester, do you reckon? What What was that time frame you've described there for how long? I think we were there for nearly four hours. Oh, I'd go out of my head. <laughs> or me, I have no patience. I'd go out of my head with that. I don't, I don't know how you held your nerve. But anyway, you got off while you were on the plane. You had booked accommodation in Manchester that night and you stayed there. What happened then? You, you had to book fresh flights, had you back to Dublin the following day, was it? We booked a flight home. Actually, we got a very reasonable flight home the, the following evening. Um, what time? It was about six o'clock. And yeah, we got home. On the Monday, was it? On the Monday night, yeah, that flight was delayed a little bit, but we did. We got home about 10 o'clock. And it went down and landed first time, no problem. Was it windy at all coming in on Monday evening? No, it was absolutely fine. It was a really smooth landing. Yeah. I was nervous now after what happened, but yeah. it was absolutely fine. And what about your luggage? You mentioned was on board the Ryanair plane in, plane in Manchester. Did you get that? No, we didn't. We all our luggage we had brought us hand luggage with us. All the only right. thing we had was the buggy. Yes. Which um we were told would be in Dublin when we got to Dublin, but it wasn't in Dublin. Mm. Um we had to fill in a form. I don't know where it is. Like I found out after we got off that flight that the flight went back up in the air about an hour after we got off and apparently it circled Dublin, couldn't land in Dublin and then it went to Belfast circled around Belfast for three hours during the storm, tried to land in Belfast twice and then it went to Liverpool oh, and landed in Liverpool. My God, didn't you dodge a bullet there? I know, I know. I'm just so glad that we got off the flight. When I think I just, about that, look at what you're after describing. More attempted landings, failure, failure, yeah. failure and eventually... Oh, my, oh, my. That is some tale to tell. And I'm sure there were people on the plane for the duration of all of that as well. There were, like, you know, I think there was more than half the people stayed on the flight. I couldn't really tell, but a lot of people did stay on. But I'd say, you know, you couldn't take your luggage if it was in the hole, so that might have been a factor for some people. And Mm. then, of course, you know, if you got off the flight... There was no chance of any refund or anything from what yes. we could tell. It was very unclear the information mm. that was being given. But I do, I really feel for those people who stayed on the site because I believe it was even worse. The attempted landings in Belfast were horrific from what I've been reading. So I'm just so relieved that we got off that flight. What a story. What a story. Uh let me read. We've just got a statement from Ryanair. Can I read this to you? Uh, Mara Louise has got this statement. They've just sent it in to us in the last few moments uh, about your case. It said, due to storm Isha, some flights to and from the UK and Ireland on Sunday and Monday, the 21st and 22nd of January, were regrettably disrupted, including this flight from Copenhagen to Dublin on the 21st of January. Due to the unsafe weather conditions at Dublin Airport, this flight diverted to Manchester before continuing to Dublin once weather conditions had improved. Regrettably, weather conditions at Dublin Airport worsened again and 
this flight diverted to Liverpool, where it was delayed overnight. Despite Ryanair's efforts to arrange accommodation for passengers, availability was limited and passengers were advised that they could also arrange individual accommodation and that they could claim back expenses on Ryanair.com. Ryanair sincerely apologises to all passengers affected by these storm-related disruptions, which are entirely beyond our control and have impacted all airlines operating to and from the UK and Ireland. And it just said as a footnote, this flight departed from Liverpool to Dublin at 8.45 on the 22nd of January. And that comes in from a Harry in Ryanair. So there you are. That's what they have to say. What do you make of what they say there? I, I completely appreciate the fact that the airline aren't responsible for diverting to Manchester and the weather. It's outside their control. But I have to say, I don't know what, how on earth they made the decision to make, to bring that plane back up in the air in those conditions. And also, I think when there's people on board who are looking for painkillers or people with small children, they should at least have the option of purchasing food, mm. apart from chocolate bars. Like, you know, it's just, I don't think it's good enough, really. Mm. And I do think it's a big risk them going up in the air again when the forecast was the storm getting much worse. I just can't understand it. Like. Yeah. Anyway, they say there you can claim back expenses on Ryanair.com. I presume you'll follow that. You had to book your own accommodation and, that and see how you get on with that. I wish you well with it. Would, you, would it put you offline? No, it wouldn't put me offline. Um I, I I enjoy going away on holidays yes, too much. Yes. But um I certainly I certainly would be checking the forecast thoroughly before I go on a flight again. <laughs> You bet you will. I don't yeah. mean to be amused by this, but God Almighty, what a story you have to tell. And I think of those poor creatures who had to endure all those other false dawns in Belfast and back to the UK and that again, uh, that were on that plane for all that length of time. My God, uh, that's uh, some some uh, some journey for sure indeed. Anyway, you're back on ground in Dunlear. You're happy to be back on the ground at the minute and uh, you're here today telling your story. I'll tell you, we're doing uh, January stories on late lunch. I think yours could be the hairiest of all, to be honest with you, Rachel, the way you describe it there. <laughs> really, really good. My, okay. oh my. Anyway, look, thank you for joining me and telling us your story today and uh, we thank Ryanair for the statement that they sent in to us as well. You survived, young woman, and you'll be up there again and you'll be away again and you'll have great times all over the world, I'm sure. Thank you for joining me, Rachel. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye. That's Rachel Finnegan speaking to us from Dunlear in County Loud this afternoon. Oh, I'd not be good for that. Would you? I don't think anybody would. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, short break, back in a moment. Thanks, Mick. Mick uh, has been on to say, why were the planes in the sky, Jerry? Did they not see the forecast? It was a red alert. That's a very good point, Louise, there that Mick makes. And many people are asking that question. When they knew what was in store, uh, they didn't make the same mistake uh, the day after when there was loads of flights uh, cancelled yesterday in, 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 in between Britain yeah. and Ireland that as well. That, that's a very valid point, so it is. But I'm going to tell you a little... I don't think it the weather warning was meant to come in until much later in the day yeah, though well, you see, and it was only orange and it's kind of the west of the country wasn't it it was yellow was it every, Mother Nature Mother Nature doesn't listen to weather forecasts and she blows Yeah, you know what I mean and you have to anticipate things 
a little one, a little uh, addendum. My son, Jared was telling me this morning, he was talking to a pilot friend of his and he was talking about this thing where the plane comes down almost onto the runway and mm. she takes off again. Mm. The pilot said that they're absolutely trained for this and it's the safest thing to do. It's the safest thing to get back in the air rather than attempt to get that plane in. You understand? Mm-hmm. With the conditions that are in it, what could happen could be catastrophic. Even though you on board the plane feel, you know what I mean? It's, he says it is the safest thing to do. So that's just from a professional pilot who's been involved in these situations. And I just pass that on to you uh, for what it's worth, you know. But even like to be on the runway for so oh, long well, look at that. with a child, that's whatever shocking. is, look, but just No adults. food, no assistance, child no crying, getting off, oh, all that type of thing is absolutely out the window. I'm just thinking of you on that plane and it's almost <gasps> Don't start. I, I, with all these stories now. I you are the be, worst flyer in the yeah, world, aren't you? You admit rocks. that anyway. Yeah. You Never used the, to be, but yeah. I she am is now. now. Louise is now. She just absolutely mm. hates flying. But uh, there's a, the, uh, online as well to check something out. There's two Dublin guys on one of those flights and they don't give a damn about what's <laughs> happening. And they're doing a commentary. She's down. She's down. She's down on the next thing. Oh, Jesus. No, she's away again. We're up again. Look it up online. Would you laugh at them if you were sitting beside them? Or would you hit Will them? I tell you? You'll have to laugh at them. They're unbelievable. It's like a football match. She's down. She's down. Oh, no. She missed it. It's away. She's up again. Check it out Nerves online. Of steel. There's, there's two dubs there having... They, they must, must be pilots. I'd say they were full of whiskey or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know whether they were. There you go. Anyway, late lunch, LMFM radio. We're on our way up to top of the hour. Three, news, weather and sport in the company of the man in the mirror. It's Michael Jackson on late lunch. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. Uh, thank you for your messages to the show. Hi, Jerry. Love your show as always. Just listening to Rachel's experience. Yes, Rachel telling us, uh, Rachel Finnegan, about her travails and trying to get home from Copenhagen to Dublin during Storm Isha. And uh, Maria says, uh, many years ago, flying to Gran Canaria on landing, we got caught in a crosswind. Oh, my God, Jerry, I'll never forget it. I always loved flying until then. To be honest, it took me a long time to get back on a plane. And I'm still quite nervous. Take care, Maria. Thank you, Maria, for sending us that message today. Yes, when you do get a scare like that, it takes a while uh, to get back. But as they say, when you fall off the bike, there's only one way. Get back up on it again as soon as possible. And away you go. Just a little word for a friend of ours, Ban Ban Goulding. Her parrot, her lovely conure parrot, got out the back door in the last hour or so. She lives on the Rathmullen Road in Drogheda, not far from where we are here in the studios. He's hand-reared, super friendly and tame. If you see a parrot, they shouldn't be out and about on their own this weather, as you know. Got out the back door and she's worried sick. If you've picked up a parrot on the Ratmullen Road area of Drogheda, give us a shout here at the station and we'll put you in touch with Ban Bon. I hope you get him back soon. It's a beaut, an absolute beaut. You never know. He'll stand out or if it's a he or she. Uh, the colours are magnificent. Now, just around about ten past three on late lunch. Each day we do this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week Barry Manilow is my Artist of the Week this week and throughout the 1980s he continued to record and tour extensively he sold out multiple shows in this neck of the woods well in the UK at Wembley Arena and the Royal Albert Hall 
and attracted 40,000 to a landmark open-air concert at Blenheim Palace in 1983. Did you know he also played the lead role in one movie? It was the 1985 movie called Copacabana, which was based on his 1978 hit song of the same name. He was a big supporter of Dionne Warwick's foundation that raised funds into research and support for AIDS victims. That was in the late 80s. The 90s saw him release more music, including a lot of cover versions of well-known songs. He also fought and won in the courts for intellectual rights of artists, which ultimately saw a bill signed into law in the USA by President Bush protecting those rights. It was a big victory and Manila was a big part of it. His popularity endured in the noughties, uh, underscored by Oprah Winfrey, who said, and I quote her, that he was the most requested guest of all time on her famous show. For Barry's song today, let's let our imaginations, folks, run wild and take ourselves today to Brazil and that most famous of beaches. Bathe in beautiful sunshine, dance, party and colour. Yes, it's Rio Carnival time on Late Lunch with Barry Manilow. It's the Copacabana. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and a dress gone down her leg. She would merengue and do the cha-cha. Barry Manlow, my Artist of the Week this week, and Copacabana just gets you in the mood, doesn't it? It certainly does. More from Barry and about Barry on the show tomorrow around about this time. And I'm sure my next guest has organised for people to go to the Copacabana. Yes, we're having a chat next with Martin Skelly from Navin Travel because, you see, they're up for a big national award tomorrow evening. The Irish Travel Agents Association Member Awards take place tomorrow evening and uh, our local representative is getting a nomination. It's terrific. Our Navin Travel and their U-Walk business on the line to tell me more is the man himself, Martin Skelly. Afternoon, Martin. Afternoon, Barry. How are you? I'm good. Congratulations on this. I just noticed you and you're the only one from this neck of the woods there. Tell our listeners, what is you walk? Yeah, thanks for being actually, yeah, and we're absolutely chuffed, to be honest. So, a number of years ago, it's a, I could keep you all day, but a number of years ago, having been on a family ski holiday, I went back to meet hoteliers in the summer and I saw these most fantastic walking trails. And I thought, you know, there's a business there. Irish people love to walk. And they can go to Austria and walk with ski slopes in the winter, walking trails in the summer. Very shortly after that, somebody said, have you walked the Camino? Well, I can tell you, Jerry, within a week or two, we were in Spain meeting with the Spanish tourist board, meeting hoteliers, coach transfer companies, bag moving companies. And we started a program on walking the Camino. Now, we couldn't call it Navin Travel. Well, we could call it Navin Travel, but nobody will Google Navin if they want to walk the Camino or go and walk throughout Austria. So we needed a name that would say what we do and what we sell to what the customers are actually looking for. And that's how the brand U Walk came to be. 
I oh. love it. And it's it's the it, it's the letter U walk, all one word, U walk, which is very catchy as well. So you've been picked out and you're shortlisted for this best online marketing award for, for this business. You mentioned it began in Austria with a thought. And then, of course, the Camino is familiar. But you can walk anywhere in the world, can't you, Martin? Absolutely, you can walk anywhere in the world. And, you know, I suppose really and truly... Uh, COVID and the last few years has brought outdoor activities into very sharp focus. Mm. We were lucky we were operating the programme before it, but certainly since COVID, there is a renewed interest in outdoor activity-style holidays, and our brand, You Walk, just fitted that profile ideally. And we were really lucky, Jerry, because we had the groundwork done, we had done all the homework on it, we had the website, we were operating trips and tours, had been for years. So... There was a little bit of, you know, the harder I try, the luckier I get. I guess mm-hmm. we were. There's a bit of being in the right place. We had the program and it's worked really well. And we're very proud of what we did. Like we had put a huge amount of work into publicising everything that we do about it. We compete on a national level uh, with the biggest walking operators in the world. We've done, we're doing it with wonderful success. It has grown exponentially year on year. And we thought, you know, we're going to put a hat in the ring. We're as good as the next guys. Why can't we compete? And we submitted a very detailed application. We were interviewed by the judges. And, Jerry, here we are. We have a nomination. So <laughs> we fingers crossed for tomorrow night. Glad rags ready. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're heading off here early tomorrow evening. Uh, we'll have put our best foot forward. And, you know, if we come out as winners, we'll be absolutely chuffed. But, Jerry, even to be nominated is something very yeah. special. We know who we're competing against. We're competing against national brands. Some of the, com- some of the companies have international backup and marketing support and the PLCs. We're based in Navin, have been for years, and there's a fabulous team of people here, and they have the heart and soul into every single part of it. And it's just so nice to see everybody's endeavour so well rewarded. You are so right to say that, to get a nomination today in all these awards. is very, very difficult to be shortlisted, even to be mentioned in, in, in that short few and it's 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 a testament again to your uh, vision and to the work, as you say, that everybody's put in there. And we do wish you the very best tomorrow night. I hope you really do uh, bring back the bacon. Just while you're with me, because it's been uh, yeah. in the news and on this show today with Rachel Finnegan talking to us about... Uh, the uh, storms, Isha in particular and the flights back into Dublin and she told us of our absolutely horrendous experience of almost getting onto the ground in Dublin and going back up a couple of times and uh, what ensued afterwards. Um, You know, being in the business all these years, uh, these things occur from time to time but in a general sense, Martin, uh, when a plane does come near the ground and go back up, that doesn't happen uh, or lightly. The pilots and the trained uh, crew on board know exactly what they're doing, don't they? They do. And it happened to me, uh, the first time that happened to me was about 15 years ago. And I can't remember where we were landing. And I remember the passenger in the seat next to me said, did that just happen? And I said, yes, I'm absolutely certain it did. The airlines have their technical term is a go-round. You're almost on the ground, you can see it. And then you hear the thrust of the engines and you're back up again. It can be very it can be very frightening, especially for nervous flyers. But I remember looking at the crew and, you know, it was the very same. It was just so routine for the crew and the aircraft. They take that in the stride so much. There was no emergency. There was no crisis. It was sharp intake of breath for passengers. And lo and behold, well, we were lucky. A few minutes later, we were on the ground again as if nothing had happened. 
in the airline industry, it's quite routine. Now, it's not common, mm. but it's routine. It happens for a, for a variety of reasons. And I think it has more impact on, I think, people think what might have been rather than what happens. Yes, yes. And, and that's reassuring to hear that from you as well, of your years of experience. But if it, it hasn't happened to you before and you're nervous, well, it's understandable uh, the way you feel when you're in that moment, Martin. That's... And, you know, a good thing, Jerry, is when storms like this come up, one is how quickly the schedules get back to normal. But the other point about it is, and I find these very helpful because it's information. And once it's in the public domain, people know it. They're familiar with it. They talk about it. So if it does happen to them, they're reassured, well, I've heard about this before. Yes. It's something that happens. It's part of travelling. It's part of air travel life. Chances are it will happen to a lot of people at some stage during their flying lifetime. Mm. Uh, for many people, it won't happen at all. But at least you know, you hear it, you're prepared. Absolutely. Well, listen, you go and prepare there. Good luck to you all in Navin Travel uh, and you walk tomorrow night at the big awards ceremony. We wish you all the very best and thank you for joining me again today on the show, Martin. Thank you, Take care. That's Martin Skelly there from yeah. Navin Travel up for uh, a big award tomorrow evening. And we have fingers crossed and wish them well, as I say. That's it on Late Lunch this midweek Wednesday afternoon. We're back tomorrow with Thursday show at the usual time, half one. Do join us then. Take care. It's a calmer evening this evening. It'll be no blow. It's a nice evening and enjoy it. Uh, we're due it, aren't we, after the uh, last few wild days. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go here with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us on the station and we'll see you tomorrow at half one. Take care. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.